from Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 486. Today's show is brought to you by Notion, Squarespace, and Ecamm. I'm one of your co-hosts, Federico Vitici, and it's my pleasure to introduce to the show Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Federico. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Good. And I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Boy, howdy. It's me. In the flesh. In the flesh. Well, in, in the Zoom flesh, I guess. Well, I'm I in the flesh, you know. Okay. I, I can't speak for what you're experiencing. Stephen, would you like to start the show with some follow-up? Hmm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. It's va- banished. We've the sent pro hum people land. are still mm-hmm. writing in. I am pro hum. I just want to say mm-hmm. on the record. That's good. Yep. You're you're a hum truther, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and until we get Mike on board, our friend, uh, really, I think everyone's friend, Rob Knight, has made a website called Humanize. Humanize. It's Humanize. That's humanize? what we called it. Hum- humanize. humanize. See, this is the thing. You say you're pro-hum, but you don't remember anything about it. You know? Mm. <laughs> I remember the good times we had before you took it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm imagining Stephen remembering the good times, like, like, a, like a slow-mo sort of flashback montage of us. Well, it would be like one of those songs, like, you know, do you remember? But it's the whole thing is hum. And, it, like, and it's us uh, humming in front of a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing <laughs> for some reason Mike is running in slow motion yeah I'm coming yeah. in slow motion <laughs> Rob has made a website where you can relive the glory days where you yep, can yeah. click on us you can click on a bell you can have it do it automatically uh, it's amazing sometimes yeah. bits they have to go to the like the bit farm in the sky you know like you gotta before they get too old and tired, you just got to retire them, and and that's what we're doing with harmonizing. It's I don't, I, I don't mean to give you more work, Rob, but um, this website should really have an API that you can use from shortcuts. It returns a success audio file that is a hum, um, and you can use it as a success sound in your shortcuts. That is my pitch. Like, All right. I'm uh, making <laughs> it an issue in his GitHub repo right now. <laughs> that's re- this is really Let, good of you two to do that to him. Yes. You're welcome, really Robin. Okay, that is uh, issue number one in the <laughs> the the GitHub page for this. Uh, it's so, amazing. While we're talking about bits that may have run their course, Brad wrote in to say, "I have a follow up on Frederico's Christmas tree farm." Are you no, canceling you Christmas? No, don't, don't don't ruin this for me. No, I said it hadn't. I said may have. You know, but no, I'm just you're, you're setting I'm it up. Here, you're setting it I'm up. I'm out here, and I'm trying to protect the hilarity of the show. You know, like someone's got to do it. Someone's got to be the bad guy, and I'm willing to be the bad guy. Yeah, you're, right? you're the Grinch like, in this scenario. Yeah, I okay. will be the Grinch of bits, and like someone's, you know, someone's got to prune them. And I, I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying like I'm willing to. Mm-hmm. I'll, I will take that. You know, I'll be that guy. Anyway. And said, I have a follow-up on Frederico's Christmas tree farm that you mentioned during the holiday season. It seems that his business empire may be larger than we all realized. I oh, live no. in Chicago and noticed one of Frederico's family businesses. Or is it Federico or Frederico? Frederico. It's Frederico, right? Thank you, Brad, yeah. for spelling it correctly. No, 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 no. You spell it like that, but I'm pretty sure it's Frederico's Christmas it tree. It is like, That was the whole point. Yeah, all right. 
I live in Chicago and noticed another one of Frederico's family businesses. And while it's a bit more grim than Christmas trees, I won't spoil it, but I promise it's safe for work. Now, there's okay, an image that we haven't bef- looked at. Before we click, 100% we click, confident that I know what it is. <laughs> before we click, any guesses? It's, uh, I'm, I have not looked, all right? I've kept the sanctity of the show notes. I'm convinced that it is a funeral parlor. I was also going to say a funeral home. Yes. Okay. Okay. Stephen, what do you think? Uh, I'll go with y'all. I mean, right, the grim. So the grim. I'm, I think it's. Involved. I'm yeah. clicking. I'm clicking. Yep, 100 okay. right. Well, it's actually this is a different yep. thing. Oh it's no, called no, Vitucci <laughs> Funeral <laughs> Home, which is a different thing. <laughs> no, that is not my Completely. name. Uh, is, honestly, this is that, that not is, even <laughs> tangentially related to the Christmas that, 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 that is that is not my name. Hang like, on, no. hang on. Go to the third photo. Third photo. The building Definitely. next to it just says. <laughs> Carefully. Carefully, yeah, in all capital <laughs> letters. Because if you're yeah. not careful, you'll end up next door. Exactly. Yeah, for, for, it's for when you want to pass away carefully, you know, mm-hmm. um, just you know, do it gently. Um, do it gently. <laughs> do it gently. <laughs> carefully, nice and gently. Uh, I want to just state for the record right now. This is not going to become a recurring piece of follow up where people just, like this can't. We can't just have every store that's kind of like Federico's name and we talk about it, right? Yeah. We're all in agreement on this one. Yes, we Brad, are. I appreciate also, what you did. Vitucci, Vitucci is a very common misspelling, even here in Italy, of my last name. Yeah, uh, just because Vitucci is so uncommon. I think, I've said it before, I think I'm the only Vitucci in Italy, uh, but Vitucci is a very popular last name, but that is not, it's not me. Uh, I was, so so Vitucci is, is like a weird one? Like that? that's not yes. something that... Okay. People never understand my last name on the phone. They're like, oh, Vitucci? No, Vitucci with with the e with the with Did the you I, say I mean. Federico Vitucci? <laughs> 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 yep, nailed it. Uh, one. Okay. Well, Chris wrote in about video reactions to say, I think a fix that Apple could make is something like what Zoom has. Zoom has similar functionality, but in the lower corner, it puts up a small emoji of the reaction that it's about to do with a timer to know how long until the effect fires. This allows you to have a warning to either cancel. Or stop the action before it shows on camera. My initial thought is like, this is just worse in a different way, right? Like, if I do a thumbs up and then it's like five seconds later, the f- thumbs up appears, it kind of loses yeah. its... Now you're introducing latency to the yeah. gestures. I mean, yeah. there already mm-hmm. is one, which I think is for the best, right? Like, that they, yeah. you have to like hold it for a second and then it will do the thing. But I'm not sure that this... I'm not sure this is better. It's just different, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. They should just have it off by default. I mean, that's that's the, that's the, the simple thing here. It it causes nothing but trouble. I think. No, it doesn't cause nothing but trouble. It, it causes a lot causes of trouble. Delight. It causes delight. Lots mm. of things cause trouble. You know. Mm. Sometimes delight. I did want to bring people's attention to the support article for these video effects. Yeah. For two reasons. One, there are more than I thought there were. Yes. But two, there were like these hand-drawn images of hands, and I can't tell if I like them or they creep me out. Oh, let me see this. Some are way more detailed than others, which is interesting. None of them have fingernails, which is upsetting. Would you want that? I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting wish that you were looking for the fingernails. Man, I wish there were some fingernails. (laughs) You know what? This drawing is missing. Give me some fingernails, man. I get that. so, Stephen. Do you prefer like patent hands than the, to these? Patent hands are also bad. And I just remembered as we were talking, the 
nightmare that is the hand sticker pack from Apple that was a big deal in the early versions of WatchOS and it was kind of oh like gosh. been like demoted over time. They were like in a glove, right? Yeah. Oh no, that 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 hand uh, always reminded me of Mike. Do you remember the original like in Super Smash Brothers, like the hand that was like the final boss? Yes. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I haven't thought about that hand in forever. Uh, so thank you, Stephen. Chris Lolly wrote in, requested follow up on the iPad Mini mounted to the Magic Keyboard. Uh, so we this was a riff on Federico's iPad mount with the phone. We discovered that Chris is using two iPads at once. Uh, Chris is using two rolling square mounts. Uh, he says these magnets are incredibly strong, so the iPad Mini isn't going anywhere. Yeah, when I'm true. using... Mm. <laughs> such a ridiculous sentence. When I'm using two iPads together, the iPad Mini typically has a document or something I'm just referencing. As long as I'm not aggressively tapping on the Mini, nothing falls over. If I'm working on an uneven surface like my lap, the iPad does want to fall over. P.S. I do have long thighs. Thank you, Chris, for the clarification. I feel like Chris attempted to explain why it was okay and just confirmed to me why it isn't, in my and opinion. Reali- realized halfway through <laughs> that it wasn't. As long as I'm not aggressively <laughs> tapping, and yeah. also I must have a perfectly even surface. Like, <laughs> Chris, you, you look... You know, just like fly into the sky. You know, I love you doing. I love you doing what you do. Same as Federico. Like, I love you guys just pushing it as far as you can. But like, we all know that that is suboptimal, right? That like, don't tap too hard, <laughs> or, or everything falls over. What, what if, what but if I want you to do it. I want you to live you. your best lives mm. and do mm-hmm. these things. You know? Yeah, I think we are. But, yeah. But oh, you are. Chris is like this is the evolution of my setup. Like. uh you know, this is the next step. Chris is my, is the war, war turtle to my squirrel, if you if you will. Um, what I love that I love that. What mm-hmm. I enjoy is the thought of the two of you eventually putting magnets in your Vision Pros and just putting a Mac Mini up there, right? Just to be like, Ooh. so I, I could wherever I go, I'm gonna have the Mac like just ready to go. So you just stick a Mac Mini on the front of the thing, and you just like. I had a thought the other day about mm-hmm. like. Uh, um, connecting multiple batteries to the to the Vision Pro and attaching all of them to myself. So, like, if I'm using the Vision Pro and I have the backing battery clip, and there's the Vision Pro battery, but the Vision Pro battery has USB-C in. So, what if I attach another battery to the battery and I get a second holster for all of them? You know, like I'm gonna look like you be like, like Batman. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be like the Vision Pro soldier or something, like with all these holsters going on at the same time. So I never run out of charge. Or Chewbacca. Yeah. You don't know who that is, do you? It's the hairy bear from Star Wars. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Notion. There is no shortage of helpful AI tools out there. But using them means switching back and forth between yet another digital tool. So instead of simplifying your workflow, it just becomes more complicated. Unless, of course, you're in Notion. I've been using Notion to manage Mac Power users for a while now, and I love having everything in one place. We have all these databases. They interlink with each other. I can search really easily. And with Notion AI, I can find stuff through like 10 years of show notes. We have so much history on MPU, and Notion AI makes it really easy to make those connections when I'm looking to see if we've talked about something before, if we've linked to something before. 
Notion combines your notes, documents, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. You can save time and write faster by letting Notion AI handle the first draft, jumpstart a brainstorm, or just turn your messy notes into something polished. You can even automate tedious tasks like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps. Notion AI does all of this and more, freeing you up to do the deeper work. And the fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. Notion is used by over half of all Fortune 500 companies, and I think more than half the companies uh, that we represent here on this podcast. Teams that use Notion send less email, cancel more meetings, save time searching for their work, and reduce spending on tools, which helps keep everyone on the same page. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash connected. That's all lowercase, Notion, N-O-T-I-O-N, notion.com slash connected to try the powerful, easy-to-use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Our thanks to Notion for their support of Connected and RelayFM. We are less than 10 days away from the Vision Pro. It's pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited now. Like, it's so close. Mm-hmm. It feels like, I mean, it's been a really long time, right? Like, if you think back to June of last year, like, this is a very long time that we've known this thing was coming. We're excited for it. Now we know exactly when it's coming. Are we all getting one? Were we successful? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with an asterisk, I guess. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> Let's start with asterisk, boy. Um, well, um, so I was successful. The entire plan that I had devised worked. So um, I was able to use my burner phone, logged into a secondary John Voorhees account um, with a John Voorhees credit card. Uh, I was able to use all of that to put in an order I scanned my face, which in hindsight was unnecessary because it turns out that John and I, we shared the same um, head face. size, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was able to put in the order. I uploaded my prescription using the website that uh, I suggested to Mike. A bunch of people uh, emailed me to ask me for, for that website. So you're welcome, govisibly.com. I sent you a bunch of people over the past week. Um, and everything was successful. And the Vision Pro, as a, let's check again, it was preparing to ship yesterday. And it's mm -hmm. still preparing to ship. Um, so I was successful. Obviously, now this entire story for me is uh, uh, predicated upon the assumption that everything will be fine with shipping and customs. I mean, mm. let's face it. I'm ready to spend another $1,000 to import this product yeah. in Italy right now uh, at launch. And I know yeah. that's going to happen. I planned for it. I saved for it. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, everything will go well at Italian customs. They will know what they're dealing with. And if they don't, they'll call me on the phone, I suppose. Uh, what are your, what are our face shield sizes? Let's compare sizes. Twenty three W was that? Is that with prescription? Yeah. If you're like with, because okay, so I found out that um, you have a different size if you have prescription lenses and non prescription lenses. Uh, in a non prescription, I'm twenty one W with prescription and twenty five W. Hmm. Okay, so I put in. 
during the order that I needed prescription lenses, and um, it gave me 23W. Okay. Um, same. And John also put in prescription, and he also got the same number. So I have a, um, I have the biggest head. You, you do. Is what we've learned. Yeah. It's, it's because you're maybe, so intelligent. Maybe we knew that already. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's why the tiny drum. shirts head failed because it wasn't very realistic it wasn't true yeah. i had a, well i should have had the biggest head maybe or, i do i haven't measured or we should have uh taken you off the shirt and just be me and federico think about that i, I mean there was a time period where it felt like that that was happening to me <laughs> that the two of you had decided that that shirt was going to be a thing that you were in charge of and nobody else um my ordering process was a bit chaotic i think is is fair to say so obviously I was doing an in-store pickup as my option and I first started going through the process and it asked me um, if I needed contact lenses and stuff like that. And I, when I started asking if I needed lenses and I started answering the questions and I don't know what I answered, but it was like, you can't buy the Vision Pro. And I was like, all right, I don't, I'm going to deal with this part later on. Uh, I, so I just went through and placed an order and but the actual placing of the order was very difficult. Like my card kept getting declined. Mm. Like, uh, like, well, the payment was being declined. This is an Apple Pay. So I'd go through the whole thing, choose my slot, go for it, and it was decline, decline, decline. And my wife was trying to buy one too for me, right? So we're both like trying to, like, we're, we're like, like tag teaming this situation. And she then tried a different card in case it was my card that was the issue. And she was able to place an order for the third. And then, but it was not on the card that I wanted to use. And then I kept like trying out. And then I was able to place an order for like 11 p.m. on the second. So I actually have two Vision Pro orders. Uh, I'm going to cancel one of them, naturally. But this, I think the situation I was finding, it wasn't my card, wasn't the issue. But the slots kept filling up. I had that problem too, where in the Apple Store app, the fail state was really bad because, it was like, basically, it looked like your payment failed, but it wasn't. It was at your in-store pickup time got taken by somebody else out from under you. They yep. should have done a couple of things differently. The error message should have been actually useful instead of scary. Yes, because it, it just said like payment failed. Yeah, which isn't. Yeah, not it's not actually true. Um, but also, they should do it like if you like if you buy tickets to a concert or a sporting event. But I know Ticketmaster does this, a lot of other websites do this too. Like you have a set amount of time where those tickets are in your cart and then mm-hmm. you have to start over. Like do the same thing with the in-store pickup time. It's like, okay, I've picked yep. 9.30 or whatever. Mark that as unavailable to everybody else for a set amount of time while I'm checking out and tell me how much time I have. Other people have solved this problem but Apple seemed to be befuddled by it. Especially because it seems like something like that was going on because then later in the day, I was able to change my pickup time to like eight in the morning. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so like, which is great because now I've got it exactly when I want it, right? Like as soon as I possibly can on launch day is what I want. And so it's like, oh, okay. But like, I didn't really, it was, it was a bit of a madness. And then also I then went through and ordered my prescription lenses separately I'm happy I did that too because it seems like prescription could only be sent to an address. Like you can't mm. pick it up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sending my prescription to Steven and he's going to mail it to me. Big vision, buddy. Indeed. So I'll be able to use it on day one without prescription, which I think will be fine for me. Like it's not going to be a big deal anyway. Like things might be a little blurry, but I'll I'll be okay. And then a couple of days later or whatever, I'll have my um, 
the 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 like their actual lenses to put in. So uh, a bit wild. I also found out. Well, Stephen found this out for me. To which, when I originally read it, I thought it was game over, but I actually think it probably isn't now. Uh, there is an FAQ section on the ordering page, and one of them is like, if you are an international customer who wants to buy one, what's going to happen to you? And the main thing is that it says that the App Store requires an Apple ID with the region set to the US. So it seems to indicate to me that I will be able to sign in with my main Apple ID, but if I want to buy anything, I need an US Apple ID. And so I have gone through the many weird hoops that you need to jump through to get one. Um, Like, ultimately, you have to have, before people ask me, because I know people will ask me, ultimately, you have to have some form of, of American payment attached to the account. Like, luckily, I have access to that. Mm. <laughs> and then also bought a gift card and topped it up with a gift card and I'm not going to charge the account, Stephen, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but th- this seems to be the only way to do it. So I think I'm going to be set, but we'll see what happens. Mine was far less dramatic because I'm in the United States, the world's mm-hmm. best country, according to Apple. Uh, so I have... Wow. Wow. In-store pickup for the morning of February 2nd. Uh, I think it's at 9.30 in the morning. So I'm not the first slot, but I think I'm the second. And uh, I did pick up the hard travel case. I don't necessarily anticipate traveling with it, at least at first, but I do want something yes. to store it in that's safe and sound because, because repairing this thing is going to be expensive. Mm. Very or expensive. impossible. <laughs> or <laughs> impossible if you if you don't <laughs> live in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> or very very expensive yeah 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 you have to uh ship it to me and then i take it to apple yeah. and pay the three thousand yeah. dollars to get it fixed oh my god uh, so yeah so we'll we'll all be in possession of them at some point you know early february that's very exciting because it, it was really unknown that we if we'd be able to pull this off or not yeah. and i'm pleased that we have because uh i'm i'm just so curious about where the three of us are going to fall along me sort too. of the spectrum of feelings about this product. I just yep. I can't wait. It's impossible to know, genuinely impossible to know at this point, right? Like me and Federico had one 30 minute demo, but mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. don't know what the, that doesn't tell, really tell us anything about how it's going to feel to use it. Mm-mm. Where, like, realistically, for the first few days, we're going to be using it more than we probably should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I plan, I plan to put it on and it'll, I'll be probably be doing like four or five hours a day in this thing for the mm-hmm. first few days, right? To like really try and cram in as much as possible. And I g- genuinely have no idea how that's going to feel. Like I don't think it's going to feel good, but I don't know if it's going to feel bad, you know? Like I think that's, I, I'm not sure, just I'm not sure. Um, I will say about that demo, Apple posted a guided tour video uh, after the or when the pre-orders went up, in case you were wondering, this is very similar to the experience that Federico and I got to try. Like, honestly, down to some of the same words being used. Um, yes, not exactly the same because they actually have some apps they can show now, which they didn't have before. Um, but there was a lot of uh, very close parts to it, and also I will say. The persona, that persona looked better than the persona I saw. So if you thought that persona looked bad, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so afraid Imagine of it. Imagine what Mike saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no no hair and eyes moving in the wrong direction. Oh, it was no. great. It was really good times. Did you all see the construction video? There is, look, there are lots of things I want in my life, right? 
and I've asked for lots of things in my life. I've been lucky to get them. I want to go to the place where Apple makes anything and just see this. It's incredible. It is really cool. It's sort of uh, similar to their videos like the Intel iMac, which that video got was ripped off from the Postal Service, uh, or the Mac Mac Pro assembled in the USA video, right? Have you guys ever seen? Uh, have you guys ever seen the oddly satisfying subreddit? Um, of course, and it's yeah. like all yeah, yeah. So Apple should make a bunch of videos of their uh, making of things and uh, just and just use them for like meditation purposes. Just mm. I would watch thirty minutes of Apple machines assembling computers and yep. like just chill, you know. Um, Especially the part like I'm rewatching it now, where I think they're like sewing the headband, and it's just mm, all these little needles moving yes. backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Like just the the amount of processes required is truly outstanding to me. And like when I, I mean, I don't know what it's like to build an iPhone, right? Like I don't know how many processes an iPhone goes through, but when you see this video. I feel like you can't be surprised that it costs three and a half thousand dollars. I had that exact thought. I was like, "Oh, look that's how where all that money goes." <laughs> this is like, especially the part where uh, they're they're getting ready to put the front glass on, and you see all the electronics inside of it. It's truly outstanding. Like, I I really feel like more than ever we're about to be on the absolute cutting edge. Like, we're going to be using something which is just like as far into the future a piece of consumer technology can be and sold en masse. Like it, it truly feels like a special thing. And I'm very excited. Me too. Which I'll say, the en masse thing. So, I mean, we don't know, but I will say uh, overall, they stayed in stock more than I expected. But there's been reporting that they sold like maybe 160 to 180,000, which is also more than I thought they would sell. So... I have no idea, right? Like, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. there's no context for this. We know that there were reports that Apple could maybe only make half a million or a million of these due to yep. the screen technology. I would imagine that just, I mean, just if watching this video is any indication, this isn't a very, a very complicated thing to build. And they've got all these components and like yield issues, all that stuff could be a factor. So like I don't I don't know what that number means. I, I would also imagine, even though dates have slipped in the US, that if they are planning on this being beyond the United States in the next couple of months, maybe they are like, is there any gating going on where they've got more stock than they're putting for sale? I, I just I don't know any of those answers. So I don't really know what that number means. But other than there's not a lot of them like <laughs> subjectively. We don't know what the number means, but objectively, no, that's actually not a very big number of units. And so no. it'll be uh it'll be a rare thing for a long time. While I want my uh, country people to be able to access this thing, I would like at least 60 days, <laughs> please just give me 60 days to justify what I'm doing. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's my ask. It's purely selfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, those probably got to be what, like a couple dozen in the United Kingdom, you think? It's hard to know. I mean, it, it will be a very small number, right? Because 
the the efforts that you have to go to pretty yeah. intense. I mean, I, I don't know what the aftermarket is really going to be like for this product. Like, I know that there already is one. In fact, there yeah. was one before it even went on sale, which is hilarious. But it also just seems like a complicated product to buy aftermarket if you know anything about it. Right? Mm-hmm. You've, you've, you've kind of got to go through the whole face thing, um, which was smoother than I expected, the face scanning thing. Um, it's very simple. I genuinely have no idea how they get enough information from it. So I just think that's very uh, technologically impressive. But yeah, I don't imagine there will be a lot of them outside of America. Do you guys think I will be the only person in Rome with a Vision Pro? It's possible. It's hmm. possible. Maybe I, I feel like do the further you that. get, the least likely it becomes, right? Should like uh, put up a small tent somewhere and have people pay a ticket to try one. Big Vision, buddy. Yeah. You're going to want some uh, some wet wipes or something. Keep that mm. thing clean. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You want some head sanitizer. Um, yep. Just the whole yeah. thing. Bucket, th- the head in. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. <laughs> like a swirly in a bunch of sanitizer. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so the Vision Pro is looking forward, but today we can also look backwards as the Mac has turned 40 years old. There are... Lots and lots of uh, good pieces of content out there on the internet. Uh, I'm pretty proud of an episode of Upgrade that we put together that went out on Monday that Stephen was a guest on. We um, brought together a bunch of people who've been talking and thinking about the Mac for a really long time, and we did a draft. So picking some uh, favorite moments and products over the last 40 years. So I'd really recommend people go check that episode of Upgrade out. There's also a really good video version of it too, if that's your speed. the, Jason wrote a, a good article on The Verge. Uh, again, they, I love how they, they bring Jason in like when there's an anniversary. I find yeah. that very funny. And Stephen has done a really good job of pulling together a bunch of uh, resources and articles and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. people can go and check it out. Happy birthday, Macintosh. Happy birthday, Macintosh. Happy birthday. I did just want to call out one thing out of all this coverage. Because you guys only allowed me a few minutes for this. I wanted the whole this show. This is absolutely a lie. This is a this, lie. You're lying. But this, is a, this conversation never happened. But our, our friend uh, Joe over at Mac Rumors came across the original press release for like the original Macintosh. And there's the, I read the whole thing. Go read it. There's a quote in it that jumped out at me like I've, I, I've rarely had covering this stuff. So this is a quote from Jobs. Uh, with Macintosh, the computer is an aid to spontaneity and originality, not an obstacle. It allows ideas and relationships to be viewed in new ways. Macintosh enhances not just productivity, but also creativity. And what killed me about that quote is how dead on it, it was then and how it continues to be dead on now. And not just about mm-hmm. the Mac, right? I think Apple would works in this way towards all of its products but for a statement that's 40 years old to be still so relevant today i mean the the rest of the press release is about like how it compares to the lisa like who cares um i do but most people don't but this idea that the computer enhances productivity and creativity and is not an obstacle to doing so like that's the whole reason i love the mac it's the whole reason i fell in love with it in high school using it in my high school newspaper and like how so many of us came to it was through uh, creativity, uh, even though it may not just be a creative tool for us now. It just really stunned me, like how yeah. forward-looking that statement was. And I'm sure no one at the time thought it would be, 
but it really stopped me in my tracks. I think, you know, I know you said that so many products continue to embody the spirit, and that is true, but I think 40 years on, even today, the Mac is still still the best embodiment of that balance mm-hmm. of anything that you can get mm-hmm. for, for a computer. And there is a spectrum of a lot of these things. Like, so much more content creation is done on PC now than ever before. Like, when you look at video games and stuff like that, right? Like, a lot of that content is done on PC now. But the Mac is still a better tool for a lot of for the majority of creativity. Yeah, and it's still v- incredibly capable from a productivity perspective. Like I don't really think that there is a blemish on it that way anymore. Where I would say that maybe like a an iPad is more creative, but maybe harder to be productive. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't be, but that it's not as balanced. I think the Mac has the best balance. Yeah. of any of any computing device that you can buy today and that's still 40 years later and i think that that is kind of incredible but i also think is a thing that couldn't happen again because uh the economy has changed and Mm -hmm. what companies look for has changed Mm -hmm. so the mac was just at the right time but its dna means that it can continue to be what it always was and will continue to do that i think you know i would like to think about for like another four years oh yeah i don't see why it wouldn't and and I think what's unique about it is it, it allow that it allows that creativity to everyday people. Like you're right, a lot of stuff happens on the PC side now. But where the Mac has always been strong is taking those tools and making them accessible. So things like MacWrite and MacDraw in the original days, like you couldn't do that on any computer hardly at all, let alone one. Yes, it was very expensive, but one that you could have on your desk theoretically. But then I think about in the more modern era, like the iLife suite, right? Like, uh, or photos or even things maybe like iMovie and Final Cut, having these tools, like you can make really interesting dynamic things with the content out of your own life. And a lot of those tools just come in the box, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. is that is where I think the the Mac has always excelled for me when I think about it as, it's a creative and professional it's a creative and productivity tool for everyone. And yes, you can go out and like get things that are more specific or more high end, but the Mac covers the basis for basically everybody and basically everything and that's uh that's a real testament I think to what it was about in the early days, right? It was going to be a computer for the rest of us and in so many ways that is still true. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Say you want to build a website about your about your favorite computer, you know, probably the Mac if you're listening to this show. Well, Squarespace is where you should build that website because they have all the tools you need to build a beautiful website to engage with your audience and to sell anything, product, services, and even content. With Squarespace, you have everything you need all in one place. You can make the most of Fluid Engine. This is Squarespace's next-generation website design system to unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. Start with a best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. You can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. It's built-in and ready to go on any Squarespace site. And you can spin up a store to sell your products online, both physical and Digital, they even have tools now to build out courses on Squarespace. 
all the tools you need are built in and your customers get flexible payment options. So you can make checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay and offer customers to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. I love building on Squarespace because all those tools are built in. I'm not going around trying to tape a bunch of stuff together hoping that it works. It's all integrated. It's all in one place. And some of the tools I haven't even mentioned, like the analytics, those are across the board. So you can see how your website's doing, where traffic's coming from. If you do their email newsletter stuff, you can see the analytics there as well. Again, all in one place. So if you have an old project that needs a breath of new life, you're starting something new, go check out Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash connected is where you want to go for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash connected and the code connected when you decide to sign up to get 10% off your first purchase and to show you support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of Connected and all of Relay FM. Big news in Stephen Hackettland. Would you like to share? I'm launching Stephen Plus Plus. Congrats. Congrats. Finally. You're already, it's a big IP theft already. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Hackett Smith doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, yeah, so I published a blog post yesterday. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, the TLDR is that I have joined David Smith's company and be working with him on apps like Widget Smith, Pedometer Plus Plus, Sleep Plus Plus, and the others that he has. My role is uh, like documentation, design, some customer facing stuff, some marketing stuff. Some of that hopefully will be rolling out this week that I'll be able to share once it's ready. Uh, it does not change anything I do here at Relay or on 512. Uh, really, this is me kind of, uh, in my mind, actually becoming more like, in thinking about this, I thought about the two of you a lot, where y'all really have sort of two big things that you're doing. And 512 Pixels has never been like, it's important to me and I will do it forever. But in terms of like the business, it's not a big contributor and really wanting to to be in a more stable position for the long haul. Uh, thinking about what y'all have done with Cortex brand with you, Mike, and of course, Federica, you have Mac stories and your shows here uh, in the club. And uh, so, yeah, this is a move in that direction. Uh, David called me at the, towards the end of the year and had been thinking about these things. Uh, he actually had a, an episode of under the radar that, he was talking about this and I was listening to it. And I was like, Oh yeah, he should totally bring somebody on to help him with that. And then he called <laughs> me, which is kind of funny. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I wanted to disclose it obviously because I am now in addition to my commentary, I'm now also part of the like third party developer world. And uh, that's very, ex- I'm super excited about it. I couldn't ask for a better person to work with. And, uh, but thought everybody should know. Congratulations on your Mac Stories yep. awards that you've won now. You've retroactively gotten those. So Where's my trophy, John? Yeah, John. Come on, John. Where is the trophy? He deserves one. You only give one? That's not... Federico, are there multiple trophies available or do you just give one per app? Like, do we have like, like a storage of uh, spare trophies? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, maybe. Like if, if there's two people that develop an app, right? Do you just send one trophy and they have to fight to the death for it? You just saw it in Al- yeah. in half. Yeah. Okay. Steven, I wouldn't recommend fighting underscore. He's I'm he's way sure he stronger could. than I am. Yeah, I think he could I'm sorry, but he could take you. Oh yeah. 
He could take. He could probably take all three of us at the same time. I mean, who are we kidding? I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, I feel like he would. He would like. It would be an emotional struggle for him, yeah. right? Like he would. He would really. He wouldn't enjoy it. But like, if he had to, I mean, if the award is on the line, he would do it. Uh, I, maybe I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Find out. <laughs> it's very funny now, where it's like he's not just our friend; he's also like your boss, and like so. So now these, I find even more delight in making these mm-hmm. jokes. No, I appreciate um, that. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, are you your little widgie now, right? <laughs> no, he's he's big widgie. No, no, Dave is big widgie. You kidding no. me? Stephen's older. Stephen's older. It's like no, older I think widgie. I think David's older than me. No, he's not. <laughs> David, no one David is. is like David is like thirty two. Uh, yeah, he has actively reversed his age. Like that's, that's the thing that underscore has managed to to do. Mm-hmm. Your your elder Ouija. Elder Ouija. That's good. That's yeah. real good. You're the Elden Witch. Uh, that's that's <laughs> no, no, that's a that's a different thing. You're the the Elden Witch. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I I am. I'm. I am. I think I might actually. I'm very happy for you. I might be happier for underscore because he needs it. Like this is like a really good opportunity for you and like a fun thing to do. But Dave like needs this person, you know. And so like I'm very happy that he chose you because, uh, but but again because underscore is maybe the best human. Uh, he wanted to have a call with me as well to like to explain to me that he's not stealing you away from me. Yeah. And something that Dave said is like that he Stephen was like the person he wanted, and and I can attest to this. I mean, I run a company with Stephen, and I know how good he is at these things. So like, you are like the perfect person to do it. But I know that you know Widget Smith is so big and so. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure nobody has a better scale understanding of the scale now than the three of us and you do, Stephen. Like mm-hmm. Widget Smith is a absolutely massive business, and underscore cannot just cannot do it on his own anymore yeah like it's it's too much and having help is fantastic and you know and, and i'm sure for him like not just having someone who is good at it like you but who understands all of it like i imagine that's like a really hard balance to try and find um so i i'm really really happy that this has happened and i'm I'm really excited for how uncomfortable we can make Steven uh, <laughs> into the future. That's that's like what the, Mike is saying, Steven, is don't screw it up. You know? <laughs> oh, I wasn't saying that, but I, I do mean that too. <laughs> I, yeah, now, now you say that, Federico, I agree. Yeah, Steven, don't. I really like Widget Smith, so if you could just don't. not screw it up, that would be don't awesome. Mess, don't mess it up. Okay, I will not listen you know? to whoever in the Discord said make a Newton port of Widget Smith. I will not we will not spend time on that. <laughs> <laughs> resource allocation is not part of your remit i think yeah, i don't no, know no. maybe it is maybe we're gonna see some strange stuff <laughs> like oh we're going for the imac theme the six color imac theme in this next version of widget smith oh man so yeah wanted to, to share that news uh it's important to me it's, i think it was more important to me than anyone else involved to disclose it but uh i feel like i, I need you know well, as you say, there's journalistic hand-wringing. So can I ask you some journalistic questions? Ugh, yes. Can we see if there's any ethics involved here? Like, do you imagine this is going to change you? Like, bias is a thing that people have. Like, it's just a thing that is inherent. And now, like, when we're talking about some of this stuff, you're going to feel different, right? Does yeah. that bother you? It doesn't bother me. I'm I'm curious how that's going to... B. I mean, uh, David and I talked a lot about this of like, 
it is going to change how I write and talk about things because I will have the experience of being in a company that does third-party development on Apple's platforms. And that's not an experience that I've had. Um, it's also not an experience that many people who do what I do on the commentary side have. Like a few people have done apps, but it it does put me in, in somewhat of a unique position where I can kind of combine these things in a new way. But that's still all very new to me. And like, we're going to have to feel it out and mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Uh, but underscore has been very clear from the beginning. Like he understands that I have this, this journalistic commentator role and that that's still my primary role, my primary job. And to have uh, that, that needs its own independent voice. And, you know, he's not going to get in the way of that, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Right. I do also now work for with a company for a company that makes iOS apps and deals in the iOS app store and like has to contend with all those things. And so I do have to find those those balances. And that's really why I wanted to let people know. Um, so you know, when Widget Smith comes up or or when underscore comes up as a topic, right? Then I have that disclosure. Uh, but also when we talk about these things that people know that this is an influence now that I have, because you're right, everyone does have bias. No one is unbiased. Uh, even people like who work as like capital J journalists, which I do not, right? Like I, I count myself as a commentator, but it's impossible to to strain all of those out. So it's mm-hmm. best in my mind just to be upfront about it and to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited and intrigued from just from the content perspective to see how your opinions adapt and to see what like the conversations will be like it, i'm just it's intriguing to me like cuz i i, I want to see where that goes i also want to see where like you know where because of what we do for a living we draw content from our experiences right mm-hmm. uh, we talk about the devices that we use we talk about what we use them for but you're about to change. Like you're going to be using your devices for different things. Like I know you've been running simulators and stuff like that. Yeah, which is like yeah. Not a thing that you do. And so, you know, I also look forward to the point where the simulator means that you need to get a Mac Pro again or something, right? And you're going mm-hmm. to be like, well, I wanted to have one laptop, one monitor, but now, what am I supposed to do? You know, like that's going to happen too. And I'm excited for all of that. <laughs> What's interesting is that also when developers, when when eventually eventually it comes for all of them. When eventually they get rejected by app review uh, to 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 make a big fuss about it, most of them run to the press. Mm. And in this case, you just <laughs> run to yourself. Um, he just runs so, to the mirror and he's like, "This is unacceptable," you know. <laughs> so so that'll put you in an interesting spot. If and let's hope that it doesn't happen. But if it happens, you already have you know the means to fight it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an interesting position to be in. It is. I, I actually had that thought uh, the other day. It's like the the don't run to the press line, you know, which is like there are a few things that well, Apple has said over the years that really <laughs> sticks. And that's one of them. Um, yeah. I think Did they officially say that? Like, was that like, I don't, I feel they like I've lost say the, the memory say of it, it now. Somebody but, find it. It used to was be it printed. In the, um, oh, yeah. The NDA that you used to it, sign? It was, it was, it was. I want to say that it was. It was uh, in like some, the iPhone NDA, like the I, or the iPhone OS NDA or something like that. Somebody must have a diff version of. Wasn't it in the? Uh, wasn't it in the human interface guidelines at some point for 
the App Store, it was somewhere. Um, I'm going to find it. Don't run to the press, except it's the only thing that ever does anything. It's true. But yeah, congratulations on being both the developer jo- and the OTJ, press. OTJ, r- real-time feedback from OTJ, it's in the app review guidelines. Still? I'm looking for it. Huh. Hmm. So, we'll find it, and if anybody has a follow-up, please send it over. But at least we know where, where it lives. Lives yeah. there. It has lived there. Don't run to the press, Stephen, but you should run to the press. Let's talk about software updates. Uh, this week, we saw the release of iOS and iPadOS 17.3, watchOS 10.3, Sonoma 14.3. TVOS got an update as well, but there's no notes in here because uh, Mike is retired as the TVOS. Fired. Guy. Fired. Um, yep. uh, Federico, y'all had uh, an overview of iOS and iPadOS 17.3 on the site. Uh, can you talk mm-hmm. us through some of the things that have been added or changed? Yeah. So there's a, the new, there's the new black unity wallpaper that Apple announced with the press release, really cool looking, uh, cool looking wallpaper for your lock screen and more. Uh, there's finally the collaborative playlists in Apple music. Now that's that feature finally shipped, uh, obviously something that Spotify has had for a few years was supposed to launch in 17.2. It appeared in the beta, then it was postponed again. Now it's here. So now you can share a playlist with someone else on Apple music and you can collaborate on that playlist i saw somebody say federico that with the introduction of this that's everything now for ios 17 like this was the last feature is that true to your knowledge i think that is correct all the features that were pre-announced that uh, that that to-do list is finally complete i believe so it's all it's all to be gained from here uh, until WWDC. We'll see. Maybe seventeen point four will have something. Um, well, the rumor is seventeen point four will include oh, the mechanisms side for side loading. Side loading, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just nice. a small, just a nice. small thing. I look forward always... to Stephen's takes on side loading. Yeah, come uh, soon. So, yeah, we have a developer <laughs> here. Um, come on. <laughs> so, oh no, no, look, no. The split. Look, look, can I just pause you for a second there, Federico? Uh-huh. Stephen, yeah. what did you expect, right? Yes. No, I know. I know. Okay, cool. I'm just checking. Like that this isn't a surprise to you that we're gonna give you a hard time. Yeah. Oh, believe me, there's you know? lots more lots more of this where it came from. Um, <laughs> Coming your way. <laughs> um so this collaborative playlist, uh, uh one feature worth noting here is that they have the proper emoji reactions that we all wanted Ugh. from iMessage. Uh you have the emoji picker in music. Uh, so you can add any emoji you want. You can see the emoji that other people have added to the playlist. Really cool animation, really nice design. I like this feature a lot. And uh, it's nice to be finally able to share a playlist and collaborate on a playlist with someone else or multiple people at once. Um, and lastly, uh, there's the stolen device protection, which is a feature that was launched in response to the Wall Street Journal investigation from last year. Essentially, a set of uh, functionalities that will disable the ability to um, uh, reset your Apple ID password and like reset your phone uh, just by using the, the, the passcode of the device. Uh, this is something that you can find, you can enable if you want to, in settings, uh, touch ID, uh, face ID and passcode or touch ID and passcode, um, depending on which iPhone model you want you have and uh personally it's something that i enabled right away in the first beta okay i wanted to know if the two of you had done it oh yeah oh yeah big time okay. yeah. as soon as it uh, was immediately <laughs> yep mm. yeah okay yeah I don't, I don't think i've updated to 17.3 yet but hmm. i will update i it. i also did it for every phone in my household 
mm. and <laughs> sent the link to some friends and family of like, hey, you really should, you really should turn this on. The 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 beauty of this feature, the way it's designed, is that there's very it gets in the way very little of you doing actual things, right? Because you could just authenticate with Face ID or biomet or you know Touch ID, and if you're at home or some other significant location, which we'll talk about in a second, then you just do it again and you're fine. That's not a big hurdle, right? There's always a balance between security and like ease of use. And I think they've done a pretty good job with that. It's not like, oh, I need to reset my Apple ID password. I got to jump through five hoops. You really don't. It's really designed for the the situation where someone else has your phone and your pin code. And uh, and so, yeah, I think it's I think it's a no brainer to turn this on. I understand okay. why it's not on by default. It's maybe iOS 18. Maybe they they changed that. I, I, I think that now that it's here, because look. This is going to continue. There will still be stories about people who have their PIN code stolen and their phone stolen and have their Apple ID taken away. And that's horrific. It's catastrophic, really. But now that there's a feature that makes that much harder, those stories, in a way, will be worse for Apple. And so I think that this being on by default is good for everybody. Understand why it didn't just get flipped on in point three. But at some point, I've got to think that either it'll be a default or, and I cannot yeah. believe I'm saying this, maybe it's worthy of a badge in the settings app to tell people about it and tell them to turn it on. You gotta tell people, like, and I think that's a fine way to do it, right? That like, it will probably be a part of the new phone setup, maybe. And other than that, you've gotta let people know. In case any listeners out there got lost about what this feature was, like I did. I definitely got lost and was very happy to read Nilian's article on Mac Stories, I will read from that article. Stolen device protection is an elegant solution to the problem of passcode theft. It disables the passcode fallback for all critical operations, including resetting your Apple ID password, because that's the thing you could do on your iPhone. If you forgot your Apple ID, you could put your passcode in to reset it. With it enabled, a password reset can only be performed using Face ID or Touch ID. Stolen device protection also adds a one-hour security delay for several sensitive actions, like changing your device passcode or your Face ID and Touch ID settings. In practice, the security delay means you will have to authenticate with Face ID or Touch ID, wait for one hour, and then authenticate again to be able to make the changes. Accessing your saved passwords and passkeys, applying for a new Apple Card, paying with Apple Pay, erasing and resetting your iPhone, disabling lost mode and turning off stolen device protection itself are all actions that will be protected with stolen device protection on. So my one asterisk-like question is paying with Apple Pay. Like I know I've hit in times where I've had to use my passcode mm. for Apple Pay because it's not working. Yeah. And that's one where I'm like, ooh, you know, like, I, I don't know about that. I don't what, know about that. what, I'm not sure I follow. What makes you uncertain about that? That I wouldn't be able to use my passcode to pay with Apple Pay if Apple Pay Face ID is failing hmm. for me, which I have had. So I guess what? Do I just keep trying it? Is that what happens? Because I only see the passcode when it's not recognizing my face. So what happens? Do I, does it just keep asking, show me your face, show me your face? And like, is that what occurs? Because I feel like figure if it does that, eventually it's going to get it right. But like, what is the fallback? Because passcode was the fallback for Apple right. Pay. So what is the fallback if it doesn't I mean, work? It, it may be that you. So in, in times that I've had it fail, and I, I definitely have seen it 
uh, seen it as well. It's because like face ID had a false trigger. Like I, I picked my phone, you know, had pulled my phone in my pocket and tried to unlock it accidentally and it didn't see my face. Yep. So it, it won't unlock at that point. Maybe you have to stop actually unlock your phone, like swipe up, do the face ID and then use Apple pay. It, it does add some friction there, yeah. but in, in my mind, like I'm okay with that, I guess, given all the benefits, but you're right. It is something to be, be aware of. Yeah, I'm assuming that there's a way to deal with it. Like, that's just my only thing of like, oh, I don't know. And it's a, maybe that would make me want to turn it off. Like, I don't know, but I am going to turn it on. Because you're right, it's like all of the benefits that you get, especially like some of the stuff that you've got to do. Like, if I want to change like my Apple ID password, I've got to wait for an hour for it. I think that's <laughs> I think that's okay. Um, but this stuff only happens, you only have to wait that hour if you're away from familiar locations. And we had Wigs write in to say, is there a way to change them? And do you guys know about that? Like, how do you define a significant location? How is such a thing defined? And then how could you maybe change it? Do we know? I did a bunch of reading about this, and it seems like Apple is a little bit cagey about how this works. So you can go into settings, privacy and security, location services, system services, significant locations. And so I looked at mine and it was my house, obviously where I work and live. It was a coffee shop that I had a meeting at yesterday. I was there for a couple of hours. Uh, And then I had one of my kids' schools that I spent some time at the other day. So what it's doing is it's seeing where you are and it's like, oh, they've spent a lot of time here. This is probably an important important place. Um, Also though, in Apple's privacy policy, it says that your iPhone and iCloud connected devices keep track of the places you've recently been, as well as how often and when you visit them, in order to learn places that are significant to you. The data is end-to-end encrypted and cannot be read by Apple. So I don't have any problems with this being turned on for me, because Apple's not going to see it. I don't care if my phone knows where I've been. But when you go in there, you can remove significant locations, but you can't tell it this address is a significant location. There's no, as far as I can tell, manual entry of a significant location. Are they labeled in any way? Let me see. I don't think they are. Like, so I went, I looked on 17.2, which isn't helpful. And I have a home and a work and I don't, I don't know how, I, how they have been labeled. Maybe it's pulling it from my contact card or something. But then it also references like 180 other locations, but they're not, at least in 17.2, not labeled. So I wonder if they changed that. Yeah, mine says home, and then it says the name of the shopping center where that coffee shop is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have 193 records, and I can clear my history. Uh, and it, uh, it's as far as I know, it clears all of them, and it syncs the clearing to your other iCloud devices. But yeah, there's not a way to tell it this is a significant place. Um, it does say, at least in 17.3, that this is for providing useful location-related information in maps, calendars, photos, and more. And then again, it's encrypted. It cannot be read by Apple. So I would like some clarity to Wick's point around what these locations, like, can I define my own? Like, you know, can I tell my device? Actually, I don't want my work to be a significant location because maybe I work in a place where my phone isn't on me and I would want the stolen device protection turned on even though my work is a significant location. I think there needs to be a bit more control over this, but at least currently there's not. 
Mike, you're my significant location. Thank you. So sweet. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Ecamm. Ecamm Live is the leading video production and live streaming studio built for the Mac. Ecamm does all aspects of video, not just live streaming. It's perfect for simplifying your video workflows. It's easy enough to get started quickly, but powerful enough that you can create just about anything with video, and you can do it all with the Ecamm app. What I am so impressed with about Ecamm is that it feels like a real Mac app. There are other video solutions on the Mac that don't feel that way, but Ecamm integrates really nicely with all the windowing in Mac OS. You can overlay things. So say that I have my regular desktop, but I, I, I don't want to show the whole thing. Where I can tell Ecamm, this is what I want to show. I want this here. I want that there. It's all really easy to use. And whether you're streaming or recording, podcasting or presenting, everything's there in Ecamm, including support for multiple cameras, which makes everything look fancier, and really nice screen sharing. And the live camera switcher lets you direct the show in real time. Stand out from the crowd with high-quality video. Add logos, titles, lower thirds, graphics. Show your screen, drop in video clips, bring on interview guests, use a green screen, and so much more. Ecamm Live does it all. Their members are entrepreneurs, marketing professionals, podcasters, educators, musicians, church leaders, bloggers, and content creators of all kinds. Get one month free today by visiting ecamm.live and using the code CONNECTED. That's ecam E-C-A-M-M, ecam.live, and the code CONNECTED will get you a whole month for free. Go there now and check it out. Our thanks to Ecamm for their support of the show and Relay FM. There's been a lot of conversation uh, about the apps that are going to be available or not for the Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Federico kicked off some of this by looking through some data yes, which appeared to be App Store information or it was App Store information that appears to show whether a developer is opting out or offering a Vision Pro app or if it's going to be native and you selected a bunch of like very popular apps in a selection of categories. Um, and one of the main things that you found was that Spotify and YouTube and they weren't going to be offering anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think this was part of what spurred on Mark Gurman to actually go to these companies and ask mm-hmm. them, are you going to do this? And they told him no, which then started a lot of conversation about like what apps are going to be available on, on the Vision Pro? Like what is what are actually going to be there? What, what iPad apps are going to be there? What Vision apps are going to be there? And it also echoes something that Apple was saying because they had, they had said YouTube and Netflix uh, would be viewable in a browser. And so it kind of asks the question of, well, what about the browser, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess? And, so, and then also uh, David Pierce wrote a really nice article about so just Safari and the web and how that's probably going to be really important on yeah. the Vision Pro. Yeah, so the, the idea being that some of the biggest services in the world, like Spotify, all of the Google apps, uh, YouTube, obviously, they won't have native apps on the Vision Pro, but that's not, it, it doesn't paint a full picture because it's one thing not to offer a native Vision OS app, and it's another thing to say, well, our iPad apps that can run, in theory, in compatibility mode by default, uh, we are going to opt out 
of offering those iPad apps on the Vision Pro. So that's something that a developer needs to do manually. You need to go into App Store Connect and untick the checkbox where it says offer in compatibility mode, running compatibility mode on, on Vision Pro. And so Google, uh, Spotify, all these bigger companies have gone there and they have disabled the uh, Netflix. Obviously, they have disabled the ability to install the iPad app on your Vision Pro. And obviously, that sparked a conversation around, well, um, a, a common argument that I've heard from, from a bunch of people is, well, but do you want to use the Google apps, the Google iPad apps or, uh, anyway? Isn't it better to use the Google services in a browser? Which, to be fair, yeah, the iPad apps from Google are not good iPad apps. They usually use, you know, they use custom text views. They don't support none of the native like UI and interaction standards of iPadOS. Uh, they are always late to the party when it comes to implementing new iPad technologies. And yeah, it is better to use Google services in a browser. Um, and so that made me think, but is it still like, even if we follow that argument to, to its logical conclusion, which is just use Google Docs, or Google Sheets in, in Safari. Is Safari for iPad typically a good experience for modern web apps? And I would say that still, despite Safari for iPad presenting itself as a desktop browser, it's been the case for a few years, I still find it to be kind of hit or miss. Like, some most of the things, yeah, I can use Safari for iPad, but there is always something for me. Like, in MailChimp, some things are always broken. Like sometimes scrolling doesn't work. Sometimes like things that are supposed to happen or appear on hover, sometimes they don't with the iPadOS pointer. Like there's always something that is mm. kind of broken in Safari for iPad. And so if you come to me and you say, but TG, just use Safari on the Vision Pro and, and uh, to use those services, my answer would be, is that going to be better? than Safari for iPad because so far like it's not as excellent as Safari for Mac and arguably Safari for Mac kind of lags in comparison to like Google Chrome for example when it comes to taking advantage of the latest web APIs but still Safari for Mac is a better experience than Safari for iPad and so is Safari for Vision Pro going to be based on that or is it going to be a more full-fledged browser like on the Mac and so far the answer seems to be it's going to be an iPad browser and it's not even going to offer you the ability to uh, to install those web apps to your uh, VisionOS home screen mm. because the button to add a web app to your home screen is not there. Now, is that button not there because it's just a matter of you know time constraints? Uh, the Safari for VisionOS developers at Apple uh, didn't have enough time to add that functionality for VisionOS 1.0? Or is it a strategic omission in the sense that, well, if you just add that button there, it just creates uh, an exit valve for Google and Spotify to say, well, we don't want to build uh, native apps for VisionOS because you can just save our web app to the home screen. I don't know. I am intrigued mm. by how this is going to work. Like, we don't truly know what it's going to be like yet. Right, and we don't know how the device will work with a lot of these services. I think for me, I've been paying attention to how I do work on my Mac. And I'm not talking about podcast recording here because I'm not expecting to be able to record podcasts on Vision Pro. It's like everything else. 
And outside of Safari, I use every day to get my work done. Slack, Discord, Spark, Todoist, Timery, Notion, Fantastical, Messages, Notes, 1Password, and Reader. Now, I know a bunch of these apps are going to be there. Like, actually native. Like, there is a large selection of these that will be um, in some way or another. But even the services where they might not be, a lot of them are accessible on the web as they use web technologies, right? Like, even if Slack wasn't going to be on the Vision Pro, I could just use Slack on the, in a web browser. Um, and in some of these instances, the experiences of using these apps isn't that different on, than, than using, like, a Mac app and, the, and a web app. But that is on the Mac, right? As you say, Federico, I don't know what it's going to be like to use it on Vision Pro. But it, I don't know. It feels like it's possible. But it's gonna. There are going to be weird edge cases. Like I could imagine a scenario, right? You go to YouTube and it's like download the app, but there isn't one. Yeah. You know, like you get those pop ups. Says, "Hey, just download the app from the App Store." It's like, well, you didn't do that. But it thinks you're coming from an iPad rather than a Vision Pro or whatever. And obviously, there's been a lot of talk about this, and and and. I think interestingly, uh, some discussion I think is overlapping pretty nicely with what we were talking about last week, right? About the 27% thing. And it's kind of like the idea of some of a lot of these large companies just noping out of this. It's not a surprise, right? Like this is a scenario that Apple has made for themselves. Like at the same time when they are asking developers to jump in on a very small unit, high-effort platform, they're also <laughs> continuing to erode relationships with companies of all sizes. Not in that, like, the terms are changing, but it's like, hey, we're reminding you of what we think of you. Like, one of the things that we didn't talk about very much last week, but I've been hearing a lot about, and it's like a really, like, just an example of how they are treating this 27% thing is the fact that the one link that you get to click has to have tracking information in it. And if a customer who used that link, if you can track that they signed up within seven days, even if they left and come back, you still have to give them the money. Which like there are levels of the schadenfreude of this where it's like Apple wants you to track people on the web. And like, I thought Safari removed those tracking <laughs> URL things anyway, but like maybe not for Apple's links, which I guarantee you is the case, right? And so it's like when you balance these two things together, it's like, no, like if you wanted Spotify and YouTube to have apps available, you needed to court them. And like you needed to make it something that they wanted to do. And I don't think they think like that, right? Like, they're just like, all oh, people will come. And maybe they will, right? Like, if the Vision Pro is that good, and, like, this is, you know, over the years, it, like, builds and builds, people will want to develop for it. But there is a chicken and egg to this mm-hmm. that we're going to see. Like, maybe people, maybe every single review, right, of the Vision Pro spends paragraphs or minutes talking about the fact that the experience of using third-party services is not good, that's going to turn people off. Mm-hmm. And like, and then how do you change it? Because if Apple isn't going to try and like get these large companies on side with them, 
then they're not going to bring their apps to the platform, which means people won't buy it. But Apple is hoping people will buy it to convince them. But like, where is the push and pull going to be there? Like, it's it's kind of fascinating to see all these things kind of like smashing together in real time. Yeah, and I mean, in most cases, it's also like a, a it, it is a transaction, right, between these companies. And if you're Spotify and you're looking at this, like you said, you're looking at this new platform, it's un, unproven territory, very expensive device that few, uh, you know, let's say hundreds of thousands of people are going to get a Vision Pro. If it becomes convenient for Spotify, like if, if the Spotify user base keeps asking them for a Vision Pro app because it's their favorite device, it's their new main computer, you can bet that Spotify is going to make a Vision Pro app um, mm-hmm. if it becomes necessary for them. If it's a business thing, like if, if our users are asking for that, then we're going to make it. Um, at least that's how it would run my business. Even if you, even if you absolutely hate Apple, you're still a company and you got to respond to your users, right? So, uh, and your customers in this case. Like, I have to believe that if if the Vision Pro really hits critical mass at some point and it becomes ridiculous that Netflix and Spotify don't offer native or, or even just decent, um, barely passable Vision uh, OS experiences, they will make those apps. Or maybe they will just start by flipping the switch on the iPad version in compatibility mode. But right now, the you know the, all the leverage is in those companies' hands. They can say, well... Uh, you've been treating us badly. We don't know about this platform. We're not sure. So yeah, we'll we'll skip it for now. Yeah, I think that the the boys over on Dithering they had an episode I think last week called "Apple Reaps What It Sows." It's perfectly said. I mean, there there's no there's no accident that these big media companies that have not committed to the Vision Pro yet are the same ones that have issue with Apple's other policies. And the, the thing that really stinks about all that is the customer that loses, right? The, the, the person who buys a Vision Pro and is stuck using Netflix and Safari or not being able to access all the features of Spotify or whatever it is, at the end of the day, they don't care about the, the debate between Apple and these other companies. They may not even know about it. I mean, right now on day one, they probably all do because day one, Vision Pro buyers are going to be nerdy. but down the road if this continues to be unsolved it's the customers that that ultimately are at the short end of the stick and that's gonna backfire because they're not gonna know if it's apple's fault or if it's netflix's fault or whoever and they may blame apple they may blame netflix they may blame both but it's the customer who loses and that's so uh so against what everything Apple says that it believes about putting customer service mm-hmm. and customer experience first, that that's what gets me. It's like these companies are so hard-headed over these things that they're hurting the very people whose products, that who, who they make their products for. And that, that just, that stinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think that does it for this week. If you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about, they're in your podcast player. They're also on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 486. While you're there, you become a member and get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show that we do each and every week. You can find us all online. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Lots of great coverage of Mac Stories. 
Uh, I can't wait for y'all to start getting into Vision OS apps in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I assume you, you got big plans there. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, I'll just have the Mac Stories page open. I'll just keep refreshing to yep. find out what I need to go download. Like, yeah, that's just that probably going to be what I'll do. That is the plan. <laughs> Although, you know, I do wonder, like, very quick, like, is it going to be possible to just look at all of the apps? Like like what it was like when the iPhone came out. I think that might be possible, right? I mean, that judging like, by the numbers. You might just be able to go to the app store and just look at all of them and you could just scroll yeah. through all of them. I'm excited about, I'm genuinely excited about the possibility of doing that. We'll see how it goes. The real irony would be to have a comeback of the I Am Rich app on a Vision Pro. The Vision Pro kind of is the I Am Rich app. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can find Federico on Mastodon as Vitici and MacStories.net and on threads as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. You can find Mike on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. That episode of Upgrade really is good and it was so much fun being on it. Go check that out. There's a link in the show notes to that. You can also find Mike's product work over at Cortex Brand. You can find him on Mastodon as iMike and Mike.social and you can follow him on threads as iMike. You can find my writing at 512pixels.net, and I co-host Mac Power Users every Sunday here on Relay FM. You can find me on Mastodon as ismh at eworld.social and ismh86 on threads. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for making the show possible, Notion, Squarespace, and Ecamm. Go check them out. Thank you to our members, and until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.